0: welcome to story comic presents where we interview amazing storytellers and artists this is episode 194 i'm your host barney smith of storycomic.com and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and celebrated creative team behind obsec DW Howard and Matteo Masarovsky. Did I get that right. I was almost Was that good Matteo?
1: Yeah, perfect man. Simple like. Yeah. I it, man, you nailed it.
0: Y- y'all thank you <laughs> So you two are the creative team. So 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 Nem, you are the you are the the writer of Obsec and Matteo you are the you are the the illustrator the artist of Obsec so we're lucky enough to have some shots that we're looking at here so for the for the audio listeners here we're just pulling up some sample pages of i believe this is this is uh, page 4 we also have page 3 page 2 and page 1 of, of obsec last week we we interviewed our mutual friend and connection hades who was the uh, is the founder of um asap imagination and this is one of the comic book titles for the main continuity of asap correct
2: absolutely yep
0: okay it is yeah right. so
2: and uh yeah i mean and i will say real quick mateo i mean he's not just the illustrator we work really good as a team and, cool. you know, I, I would say he's a co-creator with me because even though I write this stuff and it, it starts out as springing from my twisted mind, you know, Mateo will come back to me with questions or suggestions. And, you know, we work together on that. And and Mateo does everything. You know, he's a one-stop shop there. So he does the, the color, he does the inking, the line drawing, the lettering, everything on the book and, okay. and the cover. So he does all that stuff
0: so so the folks that might be just uh, learning and discovering OPSEC right now as a title um, can you give people a little bit of background on what the uh, what the comic book title is all about
2: sure um, so opsec you know in the in uh, I come from a military background and, and mm. in the military opsec is stands for operational security and um, we were thinking about we wanted to create a title hades and I were talking about a title that had a government agency at its center and and I and I had come up with like a fancy acronym that went along with, uh, you know, like shield or star or something like that. But then I was like, you right. know, this this group really is about operations and security within this world that we created for my main continuity and this team Upsec, is responsible for basically policing, uh, documenting and controlling anything that's out of the ordinary in the main continuity. So that includes uh hybrids which are our version of mutants in our main continuity people who have been genetically modified uh the paranormal um serial killers uh just you know all sorts of the weird stuff their job is to go out there and control it and um to either police it or eradicate it you know so sometimes they will go out there with the express purpose of just taking out and killing uh threats to the public and stuff like that so okay. this first issue uh, really starts off with uh, an offset team, uh, not the one that you see on the cover. On the cover are two main characters, and, and we could talk about a little bit about them in a little bit. But this first team uh, goes to this castle. Uh, this is Ravenwatch, and um, this tower, and there people have gone missing in this area around a town called Reinhard, and so they're investigating, and there's tech and everything, and and. And basically what you see there at the bottom is uh, one of the agents is uploading their data to these disks, which uh, contains all of the information they've gathered on the case so far. And in case they don't check in, this disk will transmit back to headquarters that they've disappeared. And that's what's okay. going to happen to this team. They end up falling afoul of something pretty horrible. And I think we you saw a, a, a picture of that later on. Yeah so right. they don't survive this you know and that's that's as much as i'll spoil but so uh our main characters in our set you know are called into london and told you know what get get yourselves on down to ryan into this area and find out what's going on and find out what happened to this team and that's kind of where mm-hmm. we pick up so
0: so so talk to us again about when you approached hades did hades approach you or did you approach him to say hey i want to oh. put this in here
2: Well, Hades and I had known each other through Comic Crusaders, and and he approached me and said, you know, we're interested in doing some writing and stuff like that and and picking your brain. Um, I had been reviewing comic books, and then I was also a writer, Mm. and so we got together, and and Hades already had all of his world fleshed out, but he really wanted to pick my brain on uh, government stuff, and then we were talking about the bad guys, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that we've developed that hasn't seen the light of day, and it won't see the light of day for a while. I mean, some of it's going to be hinted at in later issues of OPSEC. Um, but we created all sorts of, of uh, layers of evil organizations and plots within plots and a whole host of stuff. And, and that's kind of where my brain goes anyway. I like to write government stuff and, and the bad guys and things like that. And so uh, one of the groups I had come up with was this group called OPSEC. And, and so and Hades, in his typical way, because he's brilliant at this, was able to look at that and go, you know what? That would be a great comic book title. And so he's mm-hmm. the one that came to me, you know, because I had I had designed this whole structure and done like a PowerPoint presentation with all these levels and government organizations and stuff like that because I was designing all this for the back end and, you know, and writing stories. And, and I wrote a whole book of short stories uh, for this organization, which if I named them, Paul will come through from the UK and kill me. So I'm not going <laughs> to, but uh, I wrote this whole series of short stories about all of this stuff. And um, you know, and they were, they're kind of used for inspiration and things like that. But it, you know, it literally was like a novel length book of short stories about all of these government organizations and stuff like that. And so Paul looked through all that and picked out this one and said, you know what? We need this for a title. Can you develop a comic book based around this? I was like, sure you know <laughs> so and that's how it started and you know and then um my favorite some of my favorite stuff is like x-files or the bureau of paranormal research and defense you know from mike mcnola and uh so that's really kind of what i had in my head and and so paul when he asked me he's like what do you think the book would look like you know when you write it and I, I told him you know I was hellboy mike mcnola you know with like an x-files style stuff like that and he's like i got the perfect guy and he put me in touch with Mateo, and that's how we we met up. So,
0: okay, so 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 Mateo, how did you get involved in this?
1: Uh, okay, so uh, there's like forums on uh, on the internet, especially on Facebook, where you know I post my art and look for for new jobs and that type of stuff, commissions. Mm. And so uh, one day I, I post like some samples that I had recently uh, drawn, and mm. and Hades approached me like. Uh, you know, presenting A.S.A.P. Imagination, the comics that we, they were making, uh, you know, all the good stuff, and and he was like, so uh, do you want to be like for a short term project or a long term? I was like, yeah, long term. You know, as uh, the the more chapters, the better always, <laughs> and and so he talked to me about uh, Obsec. Then we set up a meeting. That's uh, so so we we, we chatted the three of us and yeah, that's pretty much how we got started.
0: Okay. Um, and so how did that, and so how did that work? As you, as you mentioned, Nim, that, that Mateo is also very helpful. What, what are some of the things that you would say that Mateo brought to the story that, uh, that, that made, that made the first issue better than you expected?
2: Um, like for instance, uh, I I don't know why I always fixate on this one, but it's like, I'll have the image, the way I write, I think is a little bit different in my scripts, but there was one where I was describing the tower and them approaching it. And, um, you know, and then Mateo comes up with these little ideas that add to it sometimes, you know, this is one example, like, so in the first page, I don't know if we have it, but there's this evil little squirrel sitting on a tree there. Yeah, this little little squirrel. Now yeah. I love that squirrel. I don't know why that squirrel is so cool to me, but it's like, <laughs> I don't want that squirrel sitting on my desk, you know, it's like, I want to, you know, and, and it, to me, it just like encapsulated the feel. It's like, there's something not quite right with nature and everything else that's going on around this tower. You know, another example that from issue two we're working on is like, um, there was a scene where I had described something and, and I thought I had been pretty clear. And what i had described but mateo came back to me he's like i don't quite understand what we're going for here and so on email we kicked it back and forth of what the idea was what i was trying to get across what he wanted to get across you know and it's this really good relationship where we're talking about it and it helps clarify the ideas in my mind and sometimes mateo will kick out stuff and i'll be like you know i never thought of it that way let's do that you know mm. so um yeah it's really kind of cool it's like um you know it's i don't think it's spoiling it but there's an issue in the second uh, there's a character of the second issue who um, I just described her as, as, as a housewife, but the way Matteo drew her, I was like, yeah, of course, that's the way she should be. You know? So <laughs> it's like, of course that's her. So, you know, <laughs>
0: and so, so, so Matteo, talk to us a bit about how the process works. Does, uh, do you get like a, the script as it goes? And then do you draw page by page, get feedback? How does that work? You, uh, making the comic uh, book for a writer? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the way it usually works is like I get the whole script, so so I get uh, an overall idea of, you know, where the story will go, mainly so that there's no, you know, continuity mistakes. So I usually try to, like, rough out all the pages, like a a Mm. little storyboard, and then, yeah, week by week I go, like, page by page, Uh, and so I usually do, like, these thumbnails, which are, like, the, like, like the narrative part, you know, and then I do layouts, which is like a bit bigger with more details. And then I go to the pencils, then I ink it, then I color it. And finally, once I have like the whole chapter laid out, I usually make some, you know, uh, I, I fix uh, certain things, which is like where I'm at with chapter two. Uh, okay. And then uh, word balloons. That's yeah, that's mostly how it goes. Although of course there's also the, the interaction with with Dave, you know this, this whole back and forth that he, he was talking about. Um, and you know what I like about his script is like, it's it's not exactly Marvel style, you know, you know Marvel style like, it's like a description of what happens in a page, and the artist can do like, basically lay out the panels however he wants. Okay. I mean, what Dave does is like he describes uh, panel by panel, but like there's certain parts where he goes like, okay, this should happen in this page and you do basically whatever you want and it's like a lot of fun because you know, I get to play with with the panels and that type of thing, which Dave always encourages me to do. Like for example, uh with page four on issue one. I don't know if you have it there. But mm-hmm. uh you know it's like I, I like to play around sometimes with composition, like breaking the grid, you know, the six panel grid. Like having right. this, this imposing figure of the monster that uh, haunts all of chapter one, basically, and you know that, or, or like, uh, I, I don't think you received those images, but like at the end of issue one, there's the fight, and like, uh, the doll Macy is, sorry, Barbara is throwing a Macy uh, to Macy a knife, and so it's like the knife travels from panel one to panel two uh that type of formal play is, is also fun to do yeah i, uh, I like to. And a bit, yeah 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 you
2: know, i was gonna say i i like to write a lot you know um that was the suggestion for me but i like it when we break the panels you know so when action breaks through the panels, exactly so, yeah it really brings that to life but i i will tell you that this particular page that we're looking at right here in the original script i had suggested that we just get it a, a bare look at you know the barest hint of the creature and it would be completely in the background behind the panels you know mm-hmm. and the mateo did this and i was like well this is great i love this too you know because it looks like he's looming over the entire action and looking into the panels as they're coming in so you know it's right. just really, exactly. really cool stuff so, so, so
0: and i did find that we do uh, uh, going to your to your website mateo as well oh, cool. um, Yeah. looking at some of your other so what, what are some of your influences for your art style? Because it has, there is a, there is a feeling mm-hmm. of, um, it's almost like it could be for kids, but not really at the same time. So it's pretty, it's a pretty interesting right, right.
1: Um Okay. So some of my influences are uh, Eduardo Rizzo, who's also from Argentina. He's, mm-hmm. He plays a lot with, you know, uh, black and white, high contrast images. Uh, and he, I like his storytelling. His storytelling is always on point. That's what I love about him. I also like Tim Sale. He, uh, I guess I took some from him, like from these uh, cartoony expressions. Uh, and, you know, that, that kind of cartoony vibe is what I love about him. And also his, his panel layout. Uh, and then I also like uh, Romita Jr. because of okay. the clarity of his storytelling. It's like, fantastic and I mean it's very nuts and bolts like sometimes it's like six panel grids like for a whole chapter but it always works and it always reads like super fast and you know there's always like a lot to learn uh, from him so uh, yeah I would say those are my three main influences yeah
0: my question for you Nam is the uh, uh, the color design how much of this is you basically said Matteo go for it or how much of this is like hey can you tweak this? Can you tweak that? When it comes to like the coloring piece of it.
2: Well, when I first saw um, examples of Matteo's artwork, it was from Saboteur, uh, yes. that what you'd seen there, and I really liked that because it reminded me uh, the coloring and the style uh, gave me that Magnolia vibe, especially that first page there. I mean, you really get that Hellboy BPRD vibe, but it's Matteo's mm-hmm. own twist on that, and I and I love that. You know, and that's kind of what I was looking for. And then I looked at the other images. And I was like, yeah, this is exactly it. And I like that coloration because especially the early Hellboys, the Destruction and stuff like that, that's kind of what Magnola was going for. And right. so, um, you know, wow. then I will say that Mateo is the one that after that, you know, when he started coloring the pages, he really went for that blue and gold, um, you know, that blue and yellow uh, look that we have. However, I will say that we're going to play with that a little bit in future issues, you know, playing with those colors to tell stories, to tell, to take us back and forth in time, you know, a whole host of different things that right. we can use color to do. But, um, yeah, you know, and and going back to Mateo's style as well, one of the things that I like with that, that, you know, like you said, is kind of for kids, but it's not, is because there are elements of the story that are very dark, you know, but... We didn't want it to be just a, a straight-up horror comic, you know. It's got that—it's a comic feel with some dark themes to it, which I really like. You
0: know, mm. I was curious about like looking at the other titles that exist in A.S.A.P., um, Messiah, Sister Grimm. In the inevitability of crossover stories, is there any concern about the art style changing to fit? other storylines from other series
2: yeah i hear what you say i don't think that will be a problem because like you know i definitely see i will say that obsec will almost certainly cross over with every you know into every book Mm. or has the potential to because these guys and the organization they're part of are looming in the background of everything and i think that's pretty much all i can say about that right now Mm. um but you know, this is the style for this particular book and um, much the same way. I think if you see like a different artist comes on to Spider-Man, they'll draw right. Spider-Man completely differently. I see that happening. You know, let's say so let's say that Maisie shows up in Sister Grimm, which is, you know, and I don't know why she would. But Lord help, right. you know, Lord help Sister Grimm if Maisie shows up. But <laughs> um, uh, if she does, I'm sure that the artist would draw Maisie and Barbara King completely differently you know right. and i and i think that that's i think that's good and uh, i would look forward to it you know because you get these different feels for the book and um, you know i'm sure that uh, you know if if mateo decided he wanted to work on a different title at some point which i hope doesn't happen uh, i'm sure a new <laughs> artists coming on to opsec would uh withdraw a lot of this differently as well you know so mm-hmm. i i think that's kind of an exciting thing i, I love um, you know when when the writers get to showcase their talent, the artists get to showcase theirs. And and you see that unique pairing all the time. I think it's really cool, you know, so.
0: Right.
2: Real quick to follow up on something you are talking about. One of the other things that I do for Mateo is I have the, the OPSEC Bible that I gave him. so. Okay. Yeah, so the Bible, you know, there are times when I'll write a character or, or a, a minor character and it's just like, I just say, this is the person and pretty much that's me telling Mateo, you do what you will with him, you know, type thing, go crazy. Um, When it's stuff that I really want to say, this is how I think they look, or this is technology, I want to describe it. I put it in the Bible. So, you know, and and the Bible contains, you know, precise descriptions of characters or technology and the way it works, which is not to mean that Mateo doesn't have, you know, artistic license to to take that and design the character because he absolutely does. But right. it's just kind of like uh, i've got that bible for and that helps us keep things consistent from from
1: oh yeah fi- yeah yeah, know, that's, something I, I, yeah i forgot to say like when you were uh, asking about the process like before we started working on issue one we did like the the character design and tech and weapons design which was also a lot of fun mm. uh and yeah to to draw those i definitely followed uh, dave's uh, bible Yeah. So that, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, that. Yeah, I was just want to say like it's super important to to have those like well drawn from every every angle so that there's no continuity mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: And those were some really cool drawings. Um, Oh, thanks. Especially the first time, you know, I had this idea for all this tech, and and you don't get a lot of that in the comic book. You kind of get hints of it. But you know, all of this is very detailed out in the background, and, and I'm sure at some point, you know, um, Hades will probably ask me to formalize that so we can get something out there for our our public, so they can know more about, you know, what what kind of tech is Opsec have, and how does it all work, you know, you you know, and who are these people, and what is their background, and things like that, because you know that's the kind of stuff I think that all of us comic book nerds live for, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And so, yeah. writing writing a, a title for a shared universe, how much how much uh, leeway do you have, Nem, to for that?
2: Um, Well, all my stuff goes to Lori, and you know, ultimately, if Paul wants mm-hmm. to look at it, Paul, and they look at it and they edit it, and I get you know pushbacks on some stuff, um, for instance. Uh, I will reveal that Lori one time, um, this was issue two, but I had uh, Nigel, who is the big burly OPSEC agent, swear. She's like, oh, so we're dropping F-bombs now. And I was like, oh, maybe we're not.
0: (laughs) So, you know,
2: know, so that was interesting. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, it's like sometimes I I will write stuff and, and I'll get some pushback Usually it's from Paul, but sometimes Laurie will run it past Paul and be like, "Does this work in our universe?" And Paul be like, "Uh, no, we need to change it. It's gonna break everything." And then I'm like, "Oh man, you bastard! Now I gotta rewrite everything." You know, but um, no, I mean, but that's the fun part, and 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 I think that's one of the cool parts about being a writer. I mean, when you write your own stuff, you can do whatever you want. But it's right. also cool to write in somebody else's sandbox and and figure right. out how to get your stories going in somebody else's sandbox too. Because Paul true. Paul is the god of this universe. Paul knows Paul knows what's going on. And so much like the way I work with Mateo, Paul's like sees stuff and he's like, you know, I never thought of that. That's friggin' awesome. Run with it. <laughs> and then sometimes Paul's like, Yeah, we we probably don't want to have, you know, that kind of twisted thing coming out of your mind on a page. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: So, so Matteo, talk to us a bit about your. your mm-hmm. We talked about your art, your art style, and where you get some of your influences from. But right, right. talk to us about the the logistics. Are you pencil to pen, or do you all digital? Talk about how you you actually draw out the okay. uh, draw out the word right
1: right uh so up to to the pencil stage i do all traditional which means that okay. I do thumbnails traditional the layouts uh traditional and, and the pencils too because i like like the tactile feeling of it and then uh for the inks color and and layering i do it digitally with uh photoshop okay that's, yeah that's mostly how it works and, and so when you do that, and but you also then do the lettering yeah. as well? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, I mean, the lettering is like the, uh, how how do I put it? Uh, it's like the most boring part, I guess. But <laughs> it is fun when you have to do. <laughs> yeah, is that like why you no save it for reason, last it... every time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, now I got to do the lettering. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's fun when I get to play around like for instance the page you're at like uh the second page the one that shows the monster yeah exactly right that kind of thing is fun to do because it's like interacting the interaction between the drawing and uh the lettering is fun to do there and you know play around with the same color that, that uh, yellow gold you know uh so that's fun to do uh and uh, yeah, the thing about lettering is the, if you plan it ahead, like when you're doing the the thumbnails, it's, it's like mu- so much easier because you don't have to, you know, break your head, like thinking, oh, where does this balloon go? If, you know, I have to start yeah. covering this character's face, that type of thing, you know, rookie stuff, but, you know, sometimes right. it still happens. <laughs>
0: So how, so let me ask you this. So just from, so, so people that might be listening or people that might be, might be listening or, or looking at saying, Hey, you know what? I want to, I want to do an illustrations for, I want to start doing art for comics, or Mm -hmm. I want to start being a writer for, for, for comics. How, what would be from the business perspective of it? What are some of the things that you would definitely suggest to potential artists and, and writers
2: go ahead Mateo.
1: Uh, you go ahead yeah uh, <laughs> well writers, i think about my answer
2: <laughs> i think for writers the biggest thing is is uh just from a general writing perspective it's just right you know mm. I, I know that sounds really simple but the more you write the easier it gets um try and pick up a book on writing uh, One of the ones that was most influential for me, and I actually took a couple of his courses online as well, uh, was uh, Orson Scott Card did some courses. And he talked a lot. Um, I've never been a fantasy writer, but he was talking about writing fantasy, but he was talking a lot about world building. And and that's been huge in this, on how to write world building and create magic systems. You know, and technology is basically just another form of a magic system because it has to have its rules. And, you know, there's a whole host of things. And then once you get that, um, you know, find find if you're going to write comic scripts, find a script that works for you. You know, and, and it's really going to depend on on your artists as well, because, um, you know, I'm working on another project now. Uh, you know, outside of this, and I've got six different writers and six different versions of scripts. You know, and each artist is going to work best in a different environment. Some people like some more structured environment. Some people like to have that open, freewheeling environment. So, you know, um, you have to kind of be flexible, but find what works for you, too. You know, it's like, a, but really, um, yeah, use your imagination. Because really, when I write this, uh, before I even put anything on paper, I see it all in my head. So I imagine mm. the, the, the story first, then I imagine the panels because... I have to write this in sequential form so I can give a script to Bateo so he can draw it in sequential form. So I have to see those images in my head. So.
0: But so, but you, but to get on that too, Nem, is that you mentioned that you, you have a, you have a yeah, comic crusader. So you're, you've been a, you've done, you know a lot about comics and you've been, a, you've been a writer. As you say, you did a lot before we went live. You we talked about, you had a lot of, uh, a lot of writing under your belt, but, this is your first comic script you said mm-hmm. okay talk to us about that how come you've been a fan of comics for so many years and been a writer for so many years but this is this is your first comic script
2: well um without going into too much detail in my background um i was an army officer uh coming out of school because that's what i went to school for uh, and then after I got out of that i was computer programmer i did that for a long time and then um you know i i became say unable to work out of the home i'll put it that way mm-hmm. and um I, I sat at home not knowing what i was doing but all this time from the age of eight until now and and i'm 51 uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i've been a writer i've been writing stuff you know i i got my first thing published when i was eight years old um so I've always wanted to write and I never thought it was any good. And I've literally thrown away 20 novels in my lifetime. I've written them and thrown them away. And um, Hades, Almega over at Comic Comic Crusaders and my wife finally convinced me to take the plunge and actually put my stuff out there. And Hades and Al saw what I wrote and that led to Hades asking me to write on comics for him. But uh, yeah. Uh, I've been writing stuff all the time. I've got tons of stuff on my computer that will eventually get out there and stuff that's been published anonymously over the years on different places and stuff like that. And then eventually my wife, one day, uh, she put her foot down. You know, I love my wife. And she was like, you know what? That's it. You're not throwing any more of this stuff away. You're going to write. This is what you were meant to do, to be a writer. You love to write, Uh, go do it. And then Al and Hades were kicking my butt as well. And, it led to this and I love it, you know, and now I am busy working from home all the time, writing and doing this stuff. And it's absolutely Mm -hmm. great.
0: And so, so Mateo, what about you?
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. So I guess my advice would be also like draw a lot and just don't be afraid, like to make mistakes and just keep trying. It's like the most important, like not hanging on to one drawing because it's like so stupid. It's like, It's not going to be perfect it's like you just gotta do like hundreds of them and you know like get the mistakes out of your system until good pages start to come Uh, and keep submitting you know keep showing to to people who who are in the field and you know maybe give you a lesson or two uh it's like i had a teacher once who i mean his classes were not like like i guess most of the class was just like him talking about like stories of his life, you know, he, he wasn't actually teaching but sometimes he, he would come and like say say to me one or two things about samples that I showed him. Like mm. for instance, I once showed him once uh a page an early page of mine and it was like mostly close ups and then one uh establishing shot. He was like you should just add like a full body panel like like a panel where you show the full body so you can show the body language that stick with me and like uh you know until now and so now when I when I approach making uh, a comic book page I always check like okay there's an establishing shot I get the close-up but I also want to get like uh the body language and that, that type of thing you know it's like details that you know make uh every page basically yeah
2: right I think one of the things mateo said is really important for both writers and artists as well as was just be open for criticism because it's good exactly you know it's like uh going back to my wife again you know she's i promise she's not over here making me say this stuff Uh, (laughs) uh, sometimes she'll read my stuff and be like yeah that makes no sense to me at all this is terrible you know, so, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she's an English teacher, so she's allowed to say that. But yeah, she'll she'll read it. And, mm. and it's like you need that, you know, because that helps you grow, you know, and, and that, it's just been so much fun, you know, going on this now and being able to say for me as a writer, like, yeah, this is what I'm doing for a living, you know, which is what I should have been doing all along. But you know what? Uh, as long as I've got here in the end, I'm happy. So, you know, you know, this is, this is what I'll do until I die. So.
0: Right. Uh, And so what are you guys looking at for a a story arc or how many series do you, how many um, issues do you see OPSEC running right now?
2: Um, Well, the first arc is, is four, four issues. And when those issues are done, um, I know the plan is to collect them into a trade and that will be available. And I have the first 13 issues planned, plan, out, oh, you wow. know, outlined, not written, but outlined. So, um, it is a, it's an arc that goes across 12 issues with a 13th, I guess you could call it bonus wrap up issue. So, so yeah, there's like an overarching story that covers across three separate arcs. So,
0: okay. And so is, is this because unlike, unlike the other, other titles that are seem to be geographically focused in a way. You know, working for OBSEC, which is a government organization, you can globetrot, basically, right, in these, these stories as they go, if you so choose?
2: I think we could eventually, but right now, um, you know, we're sticking in the U.K. Right. because of the of what happened with the event. So um, I think Hades probably talked about a little bit about that last week, which was the event was U.K.-based. Um, um, but I know that we have discussed the possibility of eventually expanding outside the UK, um, and there are definitely elements that could come in from outside of the UK into the UK, uh, from any number of places. Okay. This on this realm or in other realms. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but so is Obsec. Is it? Is it specific? Is this? A, a global agency or this oh, is just a UK no. specific agency? They
2: are specific to the UK. So, um, mm-hmm. while the world of ASAP's main continuity, isn't, you know, a direct mirror of the UK as it is now, a lot of it is the same. So OPSEC technically would fall, uh, under the, you know, what would be the the home office in the UK, you know, mm-hmm. so they're the, the domestic based organization that's kind of, Loosely tied to to MI5 and MI you know or what used to be MI5, which is uh, Scotland Yard, and the Secret Service, British Secret Service. So they're kind of in there in this nebulous area, but um, and it's nebulous for a reason. And that's you know that's really odd. I keep wanting to say more and I can't because I'll get in trouble. So, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, they're a, they're a government organization, and um, you know the event happened. And they ramped up what they did even more than what they were all. But, but offset get, is existed even before the event. So, mm. uh, because there have always been, or there have been for a long time in this version of the UK superheroes and people with powers. And so naturally the government is going to let that stand without somebody looking at these people and, and looking at what's going on. So. Mm.
0: You mentioned earlier too, that you gave Mateo, um, a Bible. Matteo. can you talk to us a bit about that? How important is getting something like that for an artist to uh, go into being a, a creative partner in a comic?
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, well, I was talking about body language. And that's what first comes to mind. Like, you have before designing a character, you have to know, like, um, like his psychology i guess mm-hmm. like like for instance uh barbara and Macy are like this So, there's so much fun like this <laughs> devilish couple like like she has this doll and they are both super psychotic and so that transmits like in the way i, I draw them but i have to know like okay what adventures did they go through uh where are they you know they're their bond basically what is that based on uh so so i guess Reading all that comes through in the drawing, like uh, like in the the way they look at each other, the stares. Like I was drawing uh, chapter uh, issue two uh, recently. When I, I guess I can't say much either. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess all all, I, all all I'll say is like uh, like like the way they, they stare at, at both uh, at, at the reader or at each other it's like i want that to transmit a lot of their background if that makes any sense
2: yeah and and i will say mateo i mean he basically picked my brain so he's like everything you can download into me give me you know he's like give me the fire hose you know so (laughs) i i even i even i think i sent you the short stories i wrote right that one that had barbara and Maisie's backstory
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah so and I don't know, you know, maybe I i think it'll eventually see the light of the day, but that story is is pretty interesting. And it and it also features our two main OPSEC agents as well. And it's how yeah. Barbara and Maisie came to be part of their organization, which pretty much, if you've read the story, you should ask yourself, why is there a psychotic woman and psychotic doll part of a government organization?
1: So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd love. Those are definitely my favorite characters, and I'd love to do a spin-off series or something one day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and those are the characters that you see in this. What we're looking at here uh, for the exactly. for our listeners is that we're looking at a uh, one of the panels on here that you do see a seems to be a a living doll that mm-hmm. that's there fighting this, helping fight this. Like what is this? A werewolf of some kind or something? It, it's a
2: creature. Go ahead, say yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: That, that's the best way to describe it.
2: Yeah, there's a there 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 is some werewolf stuff in another title, um, which will be coming out soon. Okay. So you know, one of the things we struggled with was we had to come up with a creature design that was different because we, you know, that was one of the pushbacks I got from Paul, which, you know, was hard to do because he was like, look, we're using werewolves in some other title. You need to come up with something different. And I was like going through different animals. And, and like one of the most interesting animals to me was this fish that they have in this part of England. But I was like, how the hell are we going to create a fish creature? You know? So uh, (laughs) eventually we settled on uh, like a badger type creature, but, um, all okay. I, I can really say is that that is a badger creature. type
0: creature. Yeah,
2: badger type creature and somebody who was. Uh, yeah, it's a badger type creature. That's a, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that but cool. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it, it was really cool to see that. And then, yeah, you see also there on that page you have Injured Jafari, who is the female agent, who is the leader of this particular team, and then her, I guess you could call it her tactical right hand, which is Nigel Hammersmith, so he's responsible mm-hmm. for weapons and stuff, and then, of course, you have Barbara and Maisie there, so, and and those two are, are just a, a force unto themselves, so, and right. um, we're going to get a lot more from them. Uh, in fact, we're going to find some more out about them. I'm, I'm finishing up the script for three right now, and I'm doing three and four together. So Mateo will be getting those soon. So,
0: okay. And so, what's the uh, what what's the schedule? Uh, if those that are reading issue issue one is out now, people can actually read it. its a PDF version, or they can get the physical print copy now. And when is when can people expect issue number two? You mentioned.
2: I think. Don't end kill me general, if I'm wrong. Yeah, like I think that. the end of I, September yeah. comes out. And then I think the f- rest of the ASAP main continuity schedule is set to be released. at. We're having something called Any one con at the end of the oh, month yeah. to celebrate yeah. our two-year anniversary. And I think Paul was going to announce that then. So I'm not going to step on that. But, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff coming out and uh, OPSEC 3 and 4 in that schedule as well as the trade. I can't say that. Okay. So
0: what advice would you give people that are, that are listening or watching this to say in order to have a successful creative team working with an artist, make sure you do blank,
2: I guess. Um, I guess it's kind of like having a good marriage, you know, so, <laughs> you know, it's like, be willing to listen, um, be open to the other person and their ideas, you know, and, mm. and, and find someone that, A, that you just want to work with and be around, period. You know, it's like if if I didn't want to, to hang with Mateo and didn't think he was a pretty cool dude anyway, I don't know that I would like, you know, I could work with them, but it wouldn't be the same, you know. Right. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, I would have to say that this, the best training that I got for this kind of thing really came from being an army officer and learning how to be an officer in the army and just learning Mm -hmm. how to deal with people and, and deal with people as they come. And, um, and to try and work well, to to have us form as a team and then move forward as a team, you know, and that that's a lot of what they gave me in officer training when I was at West Point, you know, so, um, you know, is how to form teams and work together as a unit and move forward together. And I, I would, I mean, I can't speak for Mateo, but I think that we work pretty good as a unit, you know. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. yeah. So,
0: so, Mateo, so that same question, mm-hmm. what would you, what advice would you give an artist to, what ex- expectations in order to have a successful creative team with a writer, what are some of the things that you would give advice for?
1: Uh, okay, so I would say, like, being able to communicate, which seems obvious, but it's not always the case. Like, I know like, there are some artists who I mean, as artists, we are, we kind of spend a lot of time in our own heads, like planning things, the way it's gonna look and stuff, but it's also important that the writer knows that and to know how to express that. Like maybe, you know, you have a different take on something that that the writer said, but it's like, you have to know how to justify it and to say why it's there. Like, Mm. uh, I guess I would say not letting like, Uh, wanting to make a pretty picture just for the sake of the pretty picture and knowing that the story is the most important, like telling the story and being in love with the story and not with the art itself, if that Mm. makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like let your ego aside. Like sometimes when I started, I was like, oh yeah, I really want to make like this kick ass page or this image and whatever. And then the story was like completely lost. And maybe I showed it to someone who was like, what the hell is happening here? You know what I mean? (laughs) and so i guess yeah i would say like learn to love the story you're telling which is basically the most important like i would right. say that both for the, for the writer and uh, the artist yeah
2: I, just to add something real quick i don't, you know at the top of every one of my scripts and mateo can can attest to this i put right there i said this is for suggestion only and this is how it exactly saw yeah yeah and, yeah and the and the reason i put that is because I, you know, one of the things I've done is I've read a lot of comic scripts over the years. So it's kind of how I had an idea of how to write a comic script because I've read so many of them because a lot of times they'll put them in the back of trades or collections and things like that. And so I would go back and look at the finished product and look at the script and see what the writers were doing. And, um, you know, one of the things I think that's the most difficult is that some writers seem to have a hard time realizing that there are two artists on this at least at least two artists one Mm. is the writer because you're an artist you're creating stuff but the other one is the artists themselves and they're going to have an artistic vision as well And it's like anytime you're dictating to somebody and telling them they have to do something a certain way you know people are people they're not they're going to just chafe against that you know and that's why you want to work together as a team to create something together you know right
1: exactly yeah i guess my advice for writers would be like don't be Alan Moore because he's fucking insane. <laughs> I don't Dang, you, calling out Alan like, Moore! Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen like pages of the Watchmen script? It's nuts. I mean, I don't know how Dave Gibbons did it, but it's like every detail is in there, like written. It's, yeah. It's just impossible. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't work with that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, and yeah, I mean, sometimes you're gonna you're gonna work that way. And you're gonna find different people, but yeah, I mean, every writer has yeah. a different style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. you know, but, it's like.
1: I, I mean, guess. I mean, yeah, I love Alan Moore, but it's yeah. impossible. I mean, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. My,
2: but yeah, for me personally, my particular style is just, uh, you know, it's like I have my vision, and then I'm like, you know, and there are certain things that I'm like, no, this has got to be there. But I, I, I'm always willing to work and find a way for us to move forward together. So I guess that's just the way that I particularly right. work, and, and I've been mm-hmm. lucky to to find. And mateo that we work really well together so that's been cool cool
0: well this is great so guys so folks if 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 people want to um follow your work or learn more about work what's the best place they could go to
2: um okay. i am go ahead Go ahead. um i'm on uh twitter and instagram it's at nemesis fc2 uh okay. that's why People call me NEM sometimes because that used to be a soccer team I played on a long time ago. So, And uh, so I'm on there. And then, um, yeah, that's probably the best place to find my stuff. So.
1: OK. And Mateo? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say my blogspot, which is uh, blogspot.com or uh, okay. Instagram at uh, MateMasio, which is M A. T E M A C E
0: O. Well, thank you so much, guys. We're at, we're this was a quick hour, so I look forward to to checking out issue number two of Opsec. So congratulations on issue number one. Very cool. Thank you. This is great. This is a lot of fun. So, so, so now you created this, this concept with, uh, talking to Hades, you say, Hey, can, what, can we have something that's kind of like the government, uh, good, like that, that to fill in that, that, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I got to timestamp this. This is good. All yeah. right. Um, oh, it'll be, this will be such a flowing
2: question after, um, cause it'll edit out this part. Um,